103.3 The Goat. I don't care how fast you are or how big you are. Somebody's going to be faster and somebody's going to be bigger. The greatest sports talk of all time. Buckle up, boys. Time to go to work. 103.3 The Goat. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello! Everybody and welcome in to the eight o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. Happy to have you with me on this Monday. I've been avoiding talking about Major League Baseball. Uh, maybe I'll just get through it all. The Mets, the damn Mets. You went 101 games, and here you are in October, and the Phillies and Braves are playing, and you're not. It would have just a pathetic showing Friday night. What the hell, Max Scherzer? One hit last night against the Padres? One hit? You got to play all the games in Queens. The fans are ready. And, what, and Mets, why, why, why are you having Diaz come out to the trumpets in the eighth inning when you got one hit and you're losing by a bunch? And and you're you're following them in and documenting it and the, and you're trying to get the crowd to do it. The only people on the stands dancing and mimicking the trumpet were Padres fans, and I don't blame them. And yes, I've seen a thousand people sent me the meme of Timmy Trumpet playing the trumpet at City Field, but instead of narco, it's taps. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, I've seen it. Thank you to the 100,000th person that has emailed it to me or texted it to me or DM'd it to me. Ha, ha, ha. What, I mean, what, 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 a, what, a, what, what a pathetic showing. And now they're probably going to lose Nimmo. They're probably going to lose DeGrom. They're probably going to lose Diaz. They're not going to be able to keep all these guys. They had 101 wins, but it started last week. They lost the series this weekend when they got swept by the Braves last week. One win last week, and they're sitting pretty. They're just waiting to host the gutless Phillies this week. And instead, nope, they're going home. Because they can't beat the Padres, who, by the way, were a terrible matchup. You know, the Padres are now 42-3 and all-time at City Field. Hugh Darvish has always owned the Mets. It was just a disaster from the start. And it started last week when they couldn't get one damn win against the Braves whenever Scherzer and DeGrom and Scherzer and all that money can't go out there and do squat. Y'all happy now? This is me talking about baseball. Pathetic. Spending each night of my week and watching that crap. Yeah, I enjoyed Saturday a little bit, but I didn't really. Because even though DeGrom pitched and they won and they had a big seventh inning, I'm still sitting there in the back of my mind thinking, well, you know what? There's tomorrow night. They're probably going to mess it up. Ridiculous. Outside of that, two road teams, Phillies and Mariners, won two straight games. 
So this idea of unfair home advantage, I mean, three road teams all won this weekend. And then the other series where the Cleveland Guardians, still takes me a little while to get used to saying that, beat the Rays in two games that were decided by a single run, and the game Saturday went to 15 innings. So the Rays, they gave Cleveland all they wanted. And if you're not a Mets fan or a Cards fan, or a Blue Jays fan, or a Rays fan, I'm sure you can say, I was great baseball. And now we have a night off before the division series gets going. Yay! Enjoy it! I'm not going to enjoy any of it. Sit here reluctantly watch baseball the rest of the way. Swear to God, the Mets, man. It's just like I feel like I'm an addict. Just can't, can't... And leave me by myself and trust me, if I'm watching the Mets alone, something bad's going to happen. I know I should stop and I just can't. Ha, ha, ha. Scott's miserable. Ha, ha, ha. His team blow it. Ha, ha, ha. Thank God the Saints won yesterday. Thank goodness. Saints are running the football. Taysom Hill. Game of his career, man. And I'll say what I said last hour. I can admit when I'm wrong. Wrong about a lot of stuff. Hell, I was wrong. I thought LSU would lose a close game this week, and it wasn't close at all. I thought A&M Bama would be a blowout for the Tide. It went down to the final play. But I was right about the Saints, and I was right about Taysom Hill. I said the Saints would win a game this weekend. But you weren't going to walk away from the game feeling like, okay, they're cured and the things that have plagued them this season are suddenly gone. Because that can't just happen in a single game. And they still had costly turnovers and they still had costly mistakes, but they won. And they had a lot of costly injuries. I mean, now Lattimore, his abs messed up because on that touchdown throw, I don't remember what player it was that landed right on his stomach. I mean, Gino threw that thing on a rope to lock it. I'm impressed by Gino. I got to admit it. But I told you guys about Taysom Hill in the summertime, and I got some flack for it. Whenever they announced that they were moving him to tight end, there were a bunch of Saints fans that were jubilant. Oh, this is great. So glad we don't have to deal with him at quarterback anymore. And I said, if they want to move him to tight end, but still use him the way that Sean Payton used him, not as the starting quarterback, but as the Swiss Army knife, then that's what they need to do. If they are taking him out of that role, that is a huge mistake. Oh, you don't want that. Breaks up. It's predictable, Scott. Everyone knows he's just going to run it most of the time. Why don't they throw it enough out of there? I said, no, you don't want to take that away. Guys averaged over five yards a carry in his career. And back then, when you would get upset that they would run it sometimes, it was when when Drew Brees was in the game. A a future first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Drew Brees is gone. He wasn't there. Last year, he ain't there this year. And if you take Taysom Hill away from that part of the offense, that's, man, that's like having a Ferrari in your garage, and you're like, nah, I don't want to take it out of the garage. Not going to do it. Not even going to start the engine. Maybe I'll just put it in a little car show. Let people look at it. 
a la let Taysom just have a few snaps of tight end each week. No, you need to take that thing out and let it rip. And maybe if the engine breaks down or something happens because he can get hurt, so what? You had a hell of a ride, didn't you? I said, no, they still need to utilize him like that. And frankly, they hadn't done it enough this season. He was a heavy part of the game plan and the practice going into this game. It wasn't just, hey, let's ride the hot hand. Now, that was part of it. I mean, when they can't, Seattle can't stop it. But on one of us touched on two of his touchdowns, one short yard, another 60 yard, they didn't have a quarterback, running back, or wide receiver on the field. And they still shoved it down Seahawks' throat. Taysom taking it to the house. In 60 yards, 60 yards. That was fun. No running backs. There's no wide receivers on the field right now. And that means they're going to run it with Hill. This is what he could go. Every time, and now he's gone. It's a foot race. But the speed of Willem, will he get there? No. Touchdown. A 60-yard scamper for Taysom Hill. I mean, that Woman cat for Seahawks, that dude was fast. Everyone's like, Taysom's slow. No, Taysom ain't slow. Taysom's fast. You notice the other Seahawks weren't catching up with him, but 27, holy cow, he just flew into the screen, but still couldn't take him down. Didn't go for the legs, went for the ball. That was a mistake. Taysom scores touchdown Saints, and they didn't lose the lead again. And then they got a two-point conversion with Mark Ingram. And that is where the Saints are trying to form their offensive identity, running the football. They ran the ball 48 times for 235 yards yesterday. When your quarterback is Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, certainly a Jameis Winston with four fractured vertebra, that's what you need to do. You don't have a quarterback that allows you to run the offense through the quarterback. You got to run the football. And when you do, it takes pressure off of the passing games. Now the safeties have to play honest. Now the linebackers have to, I mean, on the on the throw where Taysom Hill threw the touchdown to Troutman? Oh, man, those linebackers didn't even, they just flew into the gaps. Here comes the run. Nope. Troutman wide open, touchdown. But on top of that, Andy Dalton, whenever the linebackers aren't sure and it's play action, Dalton was six of eight on the play action concepts. That's what happens when you can run the football. You didn't do that much against Atlanta. You didn't do that against Carolina because you were playing from behind a lot. Still ridiculous that the Saints lost to the Panthers, who are a horrible football team. Matt Rule's probably going to get fired today. Brian Harson might get fired as well at Auburn. How bad are they? But that's what this, that, that, this is the 2022 Saints. As much as we all gaga over the additions at wide receiver, as much as we gaga over the thought of Winston maybe just opening up a deep ball and doing things in this defense, and this, as much as we did all of that, the reality is this version of the Saints will win football games by running the football first. And not to mention the Saints O-line, they're better run blockers. 
than pass blockers. Control the clock, run the football. Alvin Kamara was big yesterday, although that fumble was awful. But outside of that, he was tremendous. He was tremendous. Let all receivers with 91 yards rush for 103. Now, has Andy Dalton solidified himself as the guy? No, not yet. But he's performed well enough that you got to start thinking about it. That, uh, you know, I mean, let's not act like Dalton's out there and that's why the Saints have won. I mean, the fumble against Minnesota was bad. The interception was bad. But other guys are making mistakes too. It's not like the other quarterback is, and Jameis Winston is one that doesn't make mistakes either. Really, you got to give the job to the guy based on the way this team is built Whoever is going to make the least amount of mistakes, and I don't, I don't, you know. The Saints played the worst defense in the league yesterday, and they are missing a lot of weapons. Being two and three, eh. Chiefs and Niners were two and three last year, but the Saints aren't last year's Chiefs or the Niners. They do have some talent on the team. But they have to stop shooting themselves in the foot. You make the kind of mistakes they made yesterday, you're probably not beating Cincinnati. But Seattle's defense is is awful. Kamara's fumble before halftime, a nine-point swing. Nine-point swing. You're at, le- at the very least, you're getting a field goal going into the half if you don't fumble that. Probably getting a Will Lutz field goal. Instead, Seattle, who... Burn the timeout, and then everyone's like, what are they doing? If he gets tackled in bounds, they might not be able to even get a field goal. And then Geno just throws it on a rope, man. But the Seahawks made plenty of mistakes, too, and had a few calls go against them, and I'm not going to apologize for that. But no Marcus May, P.J. Williams on IR now. (sighs) Marshawn Lattimore, injury tent, didn't return, abdomen injury. If this game had turned the other way, I think all Saints fans would be saying, oh, the season is done. It's on the brink. It's over. They really, really need a win against the Bengals. You get back to 500, then you have a short week for the Arizona game. You're just trying to survive in those situations. This is big. This is big. And they finally won a game at home, which they don't do a lot anymore. And from a aesthetic standpoint, it was an entertaining football game. Something that, ugh. If anybody watched that Saints-Carolina game that didn't have a dog in the hunt that was just like, hey, you want to check out NFL football? Watch this. Like, oh, my God, the horror. And then if you had showed them last week's Thursday night game between, you know, the Broncos and Colts, they probably would have never watched football again. But if you're a football fan, you bashed on that Thursday night game. You talked about Tom Brady saying there's bad football in the league. You ripped on it, and then you watch football all weekend because that's what we do. And there was some entertaining football. And there was some wild football in college as well. We talked about the Bama A&M game. We talked about LSU-Tennessee. I mean, the, the, the Red, River, Red River, they don't call it a shootout anymore. They should because Texas put down Oklahoma, my goodness. The Red River showdown, 49 to nothing? Are you kidding me? 
What? What? Holy cow. Florida State blows it. NC State gets by with a win. There were there was so many scores where you're like, huh? Really? That kind of weekend in college football. That kind of weekend in college football. UCLA's good. Mississippi State's good. And then TCU Kansas played an entertaining game. 20 after the hour of 8 o'clock. I promise you Taysom Hill, you're going to hear him next. Right here on the Great Scott Show. What did he have to say after his performance yesterday? He was smiling. He was smiling. Hey, he says, look, hey, I just, I just work here. But he talks about the game plan going into it, what the key was, the opportunities, and more. You'll hear from him next right here on the Great Scott Show. 103.3 The Goat simulcast on 1420. It's The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. If it's not the GOAT, then they're full of sheep. 103.3 The GOAT, the greatest sports talk of all time. into the great scott show it is monday october 10th if you missed any of the show earlier today we've talked plenty of football a little bit of baseball a lot of football no i'm not hitting you with pell's preseason stuff i just want them to stay healthy they got two games left just don't get anyone else hurt yes they look good in the preseason it's just a preseason they've won plenty of preseason games the last few years they haven't had a winning record in the regular season following it, but health. But if you missed any of it, we'll have the whole show up for you via the podcast, Great Scott Show podcast. Download it wherever you get your podcast. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you want to listen right off of the app, you can go to On Demand. My interview with Coach Desermo learned a good bit. Talked about the status of Chandler Fields, Chris Smith, some behind-the-scenes stuff, and... Talked about the upcoming game Wednesday against Marshall. We also talked plenty of Saints football for you. Taysom Hill, have yourself a day. One for one for 22 yards and a passing touchdown. Nine carries for 112 yards and three touchdowns. He just needed to catch a pass yesterday. One fumble recovery on special teams. 
two kickoff returns. Check that, three kickoff returns for 69 yards. A seal block on the Saints' final possession on third down. Was it second or third down? I remember what what down it was. But the seal block, I think it was on third down, that sprung Alvin Kamara for the first down and sealed it for the Saints because after that all they had to do was kneel on it. It was awesome. And he talked about it all after the game. Taysom Hill. Start of the week, do you already know of the plays you're going to get in and what you're going to do, or is it a game-time decision? Uh, before the start of the week? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, we, we have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday installs, so it kind of comes in every day. And um, But once you get to Friday, you have a pretty good idea that, hey, this might be a heavier week for me. And um, going into this game, I felt like I was going to have certainly more opportunities. We, we, we made a few little adjust, adjustments, but, but no, I mean, that was... I felt like that was an, an emphasis um, this week to to try to get me more involved. Taysom, I know I, I know your role is constantly evolving, but I mean, has it been less pass catching and now more of this than you expected, or or this is sort of what you envisioned your role to be? This I mean, week? look, I think every week is a little bit different, and you know, Jameis has been a little banged up, and so that kind of limited me in in what I think the plan was supposed to be at the start of the season. Um, and so, look, I, I think every week I, I just I go in and, and I prepare for, for what I'm going to be asked to do. And um, this is just it's – a, it's a fluid deal. Um, and I, I think I anticipate it being that way for the rest, for, for the rest of at least the season. Tyson, what's it like for you just when you, when you have it going like that emotionally? I mean, what's it like inside? Um, I mean, man, it, it's – it's so much fun when when you get opportunities with your teammates, right? The, those are the moments that you remember. Those are the moments you cherish when when you can make a play and you see your teammates come and celebrate with you. That that's that's what it's all about. Um, so, and you know, football is a lot more fun when you're making plays and, and you're winning football games. And that was just that was just that was that. You know, uh, had a lot of fun today. I, I, I don't know. I mean, look. I think statistically, I, I, it was probably probably one of my best games I've ever ever had in the NFL. A lot of uh, touchdowns today, but can you break down the last one, uh, the, the long run? Uh, yeah. Look, I, I think obviously that was a that was a big play. They knew we were going to run the ball third and short, um, and so they were clearly selling out to, to stop the run and. Um, you know, if, if you get by the first level of defense, there's just there's nobody left. And so, once I broke contain, I knew it was a foot race. And um, you know, I, I think if, if I was five yards further back, I don't know if I if I would have got in. But um, look, we made it work. Taysom, what can you tell us about the touchdown pass that you threw? Um, were, you, were you always going to throw that ball, or were you thinking about tucking and running? Uh, no, I was always gonna, I was going to throw it. Um, Look, we talked at halftime. Um, we, uh, I think that that was kind of just the classic. Hey, we want to run the ball to set up the pass game. And so, as we came into halftime, 
Pete and I had talked and said, hey, we really like this play, so don't be surprised. You know, that, that'll probably be one of my first first plays to get to with you. Um, and he dialed it up perfectly. Kind of piggybacking off of that, your, your perfect passer rating today. That's pretty interesting, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, when you when you throw one pass and it works out that well, um, you know, it's easy. I, I think, look, that, that was just a culmination of, you know, Trout recognizing the right coverage, running the right route, because, look, if I'm being honest, I, I was – I personally was expecting a different coverage than, than what we got, and uh, I suspect Trout was too. Um, but, man, he, he's a smart football player. He read it perfectly, and and uh, the rest is history. Jason, you say your role is fluid, uh, but you're being modest. You, you figure earlier in the week you would get more involved, but would you have ever guessed you'd be this involved and have a game like this? I mean, you always hope, right? Um, I think as, as you prepare... I think my mindset is that, man, I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity. And I felt like I was going to get more opportunities this week. And so I did my, my part to make sure I was prepared for when it came up. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of conversation about, about me right now. But, man, when you can rush the ball for over 200 yards, those guys up front played, played very well against a really good, you know, defense. And, you know, their, their D-line was big and physical. The linebackers moved really well. And... Um, I felt like offensively we've kind of been right at this tipping point and, and this was the game that, that we were ready for. I, I know in your past you said that you were bulked up to play tight end and you, I guess, lost weight and got a little more lean to play quarterback and I assume this offseason maybe a little more bulk. Is it is it hard or easy to kind of yo-yo back and forth? <laughs> Since I know they said you were going to play tight end and now yeah. it seems like you're playing more quarterback. Um. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a little bit of a yo-yo, but um, look, at, I think at the end of the day, what I've realized is, you know, I, I weigh like two two thirty, two thirty-five right now, and I feel good at that weight, and and um, I, I'm just going to stay there and uh, until somebody tells me otherwise. Okay, so how long had you guys been sitting on that one to Troutman? I mean, I'm guessing it's been in there for a while. Had you been waiting to break it out? And how important is one like that going forward, just to keep them honest? Every defense. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've I've started football games at quarterback, and and uh, you know we we've won football games with me playing quarterback. So I think historically, what I've been able to do is set up a lot of my QB runs, and and I think that we've seen that in how defenses have played me. But certainly, it's nice to get a play like that off the ground and have it go well because you know they they can no longer just key on one thing, and um, so I think looking forward, man, that that makes it challenging. For defenses, you know, obviously you did throw that pass today, but you know when you run Lewis and Landon out there and you're going mega jumbo, you know it's pretty clear what you're trying to do. And what is it? How much confidence does that give you as an offense when you can kind of project? It's like we're going at you, and you can still convert like that. Yeah, a lot of confidence. You know, we kind of we talk about it. We carry plays like that every week, and um, you know we we say, man, we're gonna we're gonna stay the course and, until somebody shows us that that we can stop it, and. Um, you know, again, those guys come in and, and they've done such a great job up front to to spring me for a lot of a lot of runs, a lot of touchdowns, and um, it, it's obviously challenging to stop with with some of this QB run stuff. Taysom, how 
How much, how, how needed was this win today after a one and three start to the season, just for this team psyche, for this offenses, uh, just the struggles that they've had all year? How, how important was this win? Yeah, look, I mean, it it, it was important. I, I don't want to overstate or undersell, you know, the importance of this win. But one and three doesn't doesn't feel great, um, obviously, and. I felt like we needed a game like this just just to get some confidence back, and um, you know the expectation moving forward is that we just keep this thing rolling. And um, I think we know that we're a really talented football team, and uh, we just need to continue to stack stack these wins. To have more than 100 rushing yards, more than Alvin Kamara, can you add running back to your resume now too? Is it surreal? No, I don't know. Look, I just work here and and uh, and and do what they ask. Yeah, could you more generally, I mean, maybe just describe what it's like to not only be playing in a game with so many lead changes and big plays going both ways, but to be a central figure in such a game and come on the right side? Sorry, one more time. How, how does that feel to be part just, of the game just like what, that? Yeah, what was it like? I mean, what do you recall just feeling about the tenor of this game? And Yeah, I felt like, you know, the, the vibes on the sideline was, was really positive. I felt like we had a lot of confidence offensively. So... When, when we went down there, um, the expectation was that we were going to go score and, and take the lead back. And, um, again, I felt like offensively in this team, like we know that we have a talented roster. Um, and we've just made some silly mistakes that have caused us to lose some, some football games. And I felt like this was a game where, man, everybody was, was playing really well and, and we were doing the right things. And, you know, so as we took the field, you know, we had a lot of confidence that we were going to go score and, and put us in a position to win this game. And Tyson, I want to ask you about the special teams play. What did you see on the fumble, on the punt, and also just what was it like to be back on kickoff returns again? Um, yeah, I mean, they, they went uh, an unbalanced formation, um, so we have a little little check that, that we make when, when, they, when they do that. And um, I, I don't know. I just ended up at the right place at the right time. I, I don't, know, don't know who ended up hitting him and, and causing the fumble. Um, but that was obviously a big play, and, and I feel like, you know, I've, I've talked a lot offensively. Of, we've had some struggles, and, and knowing that we have a good roster, but we just hadn't put it all together. I kind of feel that, that same way about our special teams unit, and I felt like coming out and making a game-changing play like that was, was really big for the unit as a whole um, in our confidence and, and moving forward. And then the kickoff return stuff, you know, I, I, was, I was not anticipating that. Um, but uh, look, Riz, Riz said he needed some help, and, and so I was happy to do it. It, it, it had been a little while, but uh, it, it was fun to be back out there with the guys. There you go. Taysom Hill, NFC Offensive Player of the Week incoming. Don't see who else you could give it to based on everything that unfolded over the weekend. I don't know how much of the game plan he's going to be against Cincinnati, it may not be as big. It probably won't be as big a part as it was yesterday. But the Saints are going to try to run the football. And that's going to be the big key for them. And last night, you know, Cincinnati lost walk-off style to Baltimore. And, you know, it's it's hard to gauge... The run game when it's Baltimore, because I mean Lamar Jackson is, and obviously he's a special player, and 
when he does stuff with his legs. I mean, 12 carries, 58 yards, really good on the last drive. But as a whole, Baltimore rushed for 155 yards, five and a half yards a carry. But it was, again, it's a little different. You got a really mobile quarterback. You say, well, Taysom's mobile, but he's not, you know, he's not a quarterback. He could throw the ball. He's played quarterback before, but that's Andy Dalton or potentially Jameis Winston, but probably Andy Dalton is going to be the quarterback. And if you look overall on defense at rushing yards allowed and where the Cincinnati Bengals rank overall, I mean, they are near the bottom, near the bottom. Let me try to get the exact statistic for you here. Um, let's see. Someone sent it to me the other day. So Cincinnati overall is defensively. This is great radio here as I'm looking up the stat as I talk to you guys. My apologies. They're giving up 327 yards a game. Average rushing yards a game. Well, somebody who sent me that info was way off. I'm glad I didn't roll with that. I'm glad I looked it up. Cincinnati is actually seventh in the league in run defense. Seventh. Seattle's dead last, by the way. So, my point is, the Saints right now trying to establish their identity on offense by running the football. And the Bengals, well... While they rank near the bottom of the pack running the football themselves defensively, they are eighth, check that, seventh in the league. Seventh in the league in rushing yards allowed per game. They're allowing just under 199.6. Defensively, they've, they've been all right. But they've allowed a lot more. I mean, in terms of passing yards per game, they're on the bottom half of the league. I think they're about 18th, 17th or 18th. So the bottom half of the league, just past the halfway point. Rushing-wise, they're better. And the Saints are going to try to run the football. And Cincinnati's got a better run defense than Seattle. So Dalton might be called on to make some more plays. And maybe Taysom Hill isn't running the ball as much as he did yesterday. But overall, I mean, he ran it nine times. He had 10 total touches on offense. Kamara... Maybe favoring the injury a little bit, but 29 touches overall. And a really good game for him aside from the fumble. They want to run the football. Now, Ingram, yeah, no. Okay, he had a two-point conversion. Nine carries, 16 yards, 1.8-yard average. Not good. Not good. But we'll worry about Cincinnati later. In the meantime, if you're a Saints fan, I don't know how many wins you're going to get this season, but when you get them, enjoy them. Enjoy that one yesterday. 103.3 The Goat Simulcast on 1420. Phone lines open, 337-269-1077. You can hit me up, scott at 1033thegoat.com if you want to email me there. Jacques emails. He says, Scott, how about those Buffalo Bills, eh? Um, Jacques, I, I didn't know you were a Bills fan. I guess so. That was a beatdown. That was an absolute beatdown. 
Josh Allen was picking apart the Steelers' secondary like it was a game of Tecmo Super Bowl or like it was a game of Madden and he had it on rookie mode. He was just doing whatever he wanted. Pittsburgh isn't very good. They're not. I mean, they 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 narrowly got a win that Cincinnati gave away week one. They should be 0-5 right now. Buffalo, on the other hand, that was one of those... Yeah, there are some dominant. There was a couple of dominant teams in the league, and just a reminder, we're one of them. We're one of them. They were just doing whatever they wanted. It was awesome. If you're a Bills fan, I guess. Uh, Brandon Staley for the Chargers. While we're talking NFL, I don't know what why he just he's Chris Berman on primetime was asking Booger McFarlane. He's like, you like you like you like chocolate? I like chocolate. Yeah, I like chocolate. But you know, you can't have it for every meal. And you can't. Staley just wants to go for it on every fourth down. The, the Browns offensively, Jacoby Brissett, it's not like he had had this electric game. There's, they don't have any timeouts. You got a minute 14 left. It's fourth and one at your own 45. Punt the ball away. Instead, he goes for it, and the, they don't get it. And the Browns had a chance for a walk-off field goal, and they missed it. Staley says, I don't regret my decision at all. Well, because you didn't win. I mean, you didn't lose. Guarantee if your kids that thing through, you're regretting it. But that was, um, that stood out to me. The Texans got a win. That stood out to me as well because you're only in week five and every team in the league has at least won a game. Every team. The Panthers probably shouldn't have, but the Saints just go ahead, just went ahead and gave Matt Rule a parting gift. He'll probably get fired today. Said, here's one more extra win for you. But every team in the league has won a game. There's only one undefeated team left. It's the Eagles, who should have been in overtime yesterday, but the Cardinals couldn't make a, a game tying kick. And we got one more game left on the docket Raiders, Chiefs tonight at Arrowhead. If Raiders win, they're two and three. They're coming back from a zero and three start. They have a win on the road in the division against the Chiefs. Their season can feel like it's starting to turn around. Maybe McDaniel's has it together. If they lose in that division, even as bad as Denver is, people will leave the Raiders for dead, and the Chiefs will remind everyone that they are still the king of the West and the king of the AFC. No baseball on tonight. Whenever that's the case and the only sport on is the NFL and it's a Monday or Thursday night game, you want it to be a great game. And on paper, it looks like this is going to be a fun matchup. Looking forward to it. 1033 The Goat simulcast on 1420. Appreciate the email, Jacques, by the way. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. You'll hear from one more member of the New Orleans Saints. A guy that continues to climb the all-time charts for the Saints in terms of the sack record. He had one and a half sacks yesterday. He is second behind Ricky Jackson, and he's chasing that number. Cam Jordan, when we come back right here on The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. 1033 The Goat. I don't care how fast you are or how big you are, somebody's going to be faster and somebody's going to be bigger. The greatest sports talk of all time. Ah! Buckle up, boys. Time to go to work. 
Welcome back in to the great Scott show. 103.3 The Goat Simulcast on 1420. Cam Jordan. More sacks yesterday. Climbing up the books. Solid performance from him. Saints got some pressure. They need to do a lot more of it, especially next week when they're playing Joe Burrow in a shoddy offensive line by the Bengals. But a quarterback that can make things happen, no doubt. And a Saints secondary that right now the injuries are piling up. Here's Cam after yesterday's win. Cam, two sacks today and a win. Just tell us how good how, does it feel. I heard it was 1.5. I heard Double D jumped on and, and at the very end and somehow still half. But I, I like what you're thinking. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we, we kept saying it the whole time. We're putting on us. we put it on the trenches. we gotta, uh, we got to make sure the D-line is involved early and often in Geno's uh, face and his, and his life today. And I think we accomplished that. Hey, Cam, what's it like for you? from the sidelines watching Taysom Hill when he's having that kind of performance? Man, I mean, you saw him get by the was like, oh, oh, high knees, there, there you go. You know, uh, Sean P said at one time he was the fastest quarterback in the last however many years. He probably, knowing Sean, he probably put like 35 years on it. Um, but, I mean, he, he showed he showed some wheels. I mean, it's exciting. I mean, that's what we needed. Whatever it takes. I've been preaching, you know, all 60 minutes, and whatever it takes, it may not have been a pretty win, but that's a win. And we can start building off of that. We can clean a lot of sh- stuff up, but we can build off of that. Cam, you guys haven't been one in four since 2015. How? What was the sense? I don't know. Week? I'm not going to talk about one and four. We are two and three. But going into this week, what was the? You know? Every every chance you have on this on this wonderful field on this game that we play uh, in the NFL. We've got 17 guaranteed opportunities. Each one becomes more and more increasingly important. We are trying to find a win at it, whatever whatever it takes. That WIT mentality is, is going to stick for a long time. So we didn't want to be one and two. We didn't want to be one and three. But we, we can't be one and four. We have to find a way to win. We found a way to win today. Cam, I know you guys gave up more yards and more points than you would have liked, but talk about that last drive and the third down play and forcing Gino to go backwards and – I mean, does that kind of make up for some of the other things? I don't think it it makes up for anything. I mean, the fact that we let one of those big gash runs happen and we've let them happen in the fourth quarter too many times, um, that can't – you can't make an excuse for that. I do love that it ended in a Cam Jordan sack, but that's just a personal situation. Um, I think that in terms of what our team wants to do, we we have to tighten up some things. Uh, You can't let them score at the end of the half. You can't let them run a 60-yard touchdown in. And, I mean – Granted, they're a good team. A lot of these are self-inflicting, and we have to clean that up ASAP. Cam, one thing I was going to ask, too, was just that question about the 60-yard Which run. Which one, the 110 sacks? No, the, okay. yeah, about okay, the 60-yard cool, cool, cool. run. Um, I'm going to keep in track. It looked like there was something in the middle of the line, at least. Um, were y'all, did y'all there was, there was a, that? There was a, there was a he, he had a nice cutback, and... Um, you know, whatever it is, I can't wait to break down the film and, and figure that one out ASAP. You can't have that. I mean, with our defense, there's no way they should have been able to uh, amass the amount of yards they did on the ground that they did. There it is, some Cam Jordan. He says, yeah, I'm kind of keeping track. Kind of keeping track of the all-time sack number. Let's take one more phone call before we get out of here this morning. Jay Walker will be on the show tomorrow, working on a few other guests as well. It's going to be a fun week on these airwaves. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Good morning, Scott. Hey, uh, I, I was just uh, I was listening to some of your comments about uh, 
the Saints' uh, identity in their running game. And, yeah, they looked great yesterday running the ball. Um, and that's definitely a great way to win. Uh, I do think when Jameis is healthy, and I know they can throw in. We've seen what Michael Thomas can do, but he's injured. That's the, to me, that's, this is a good football team, just like Taysom Hill said in his own interview. They know they're good. They have confidence. But the, the main thing, and I know, I know there's a lot of penalties and the turnovers are terrible, but, uh, but the main thing hurting this team right now is the injuries. And so as, as far as running the ball, we had Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara yesterday. They were incredible. Taysom Hill has missed games with injuries. So has Alvin Kamara. You can't run the ball like that with Mark Ingram. I'm sorry. I have to hold my breath every time Mark Ingram gets the ball. Uh, he's, which however, is, however you when, run when, it, when however, whoever it is, however you do it, that's what this team is trying to do right now on offense. You had a healthy right. roster so when, week when one, and, and you had a healthy roster week one, and you tried to sling it. It didn't work. It was somewhat healthy week two. It didn't happen. I mean, they just well, they, James got hurt during week one's game, and then he he went into the tent and had an incredible fourth. Yeah, quarter. a good fourth quarter, and, and, and Atlanta yeah, stopped it, blitzing. But I don't think that that with Jameis Winston, this is a team that's going to be slinging it, you know, for five thousand yards in a season. I know that's what a lot of well, people well, anticipated, but I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think it's, it's going to happen. To say that while it's easy to say that while he's hurt and he hasn't been able to, to show it, we have not seen a healthy game from Jameis yet this year. But the other thing I want to say, as, as far as the running game, because yeah, the running game can be super strong. They are really strong. Uh, I feel like you're not even giving them actually enough credit by saying that you stated that Seattle has the worst run defense in the NFL right now. Well, yeah, now <laughs> I just did a quick search. I, I, I did, but they fell behind three teams just yesterday. They're last because the Saints ran for 235. Now, of course, they were near the bottom. But right. To say they were, so you're, they were not, oh, so you're mad last. that I didn't I mean, add in, hey, they were actually 29th before yesterday. Now they're last. But to say they're like, it, 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 no, it, no, 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 The Saints, the Saints running, like the Saints running. All, yeah, see, Saints now you're going all over the place. So on one hand, you're saying the Saints running well, offense. No, that's one, that's they're not spot. running the ball. They're, 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 I don't trust them to run the ball. And now you're saying I'm not giving them enough credit running the ball. I mean, they were awesome yesterday, and that's what they're trying to do. For two weeks, that's what they've shown, that they're trying to run the football and that'll and, and let everything else happen after that. And that's not what that's that's I think going to be what they try to do this year. I mean, I, at this point, are you just expecting Jameis? To, you personally, are you expecting them to come back completely healthy, and the Saints are just going to start slinging the ball all over the place? No, I don't have any expectations right now. I, I have no idea what yeah. fractures. And I mean, regardless of what what, what their plan might have been going into the season, you have what you have right now. And I don't doubt that that can happen. I wouldn't bet on. I wouldn't bet on that. I would not bet on the passing. This team becoming a pass first, light it up, throw it all over the field this season. I'm not betting on that. Not after five weeks. Oh, when I when I said Jameis, a healthy Jameis can swing it all over. I didn't mean that's necessary. The uh, pass first. I've, I'm saying that when the tank Saints are full strength, when we have all like we lost to to the Vikings last week. They're never going to be full strength, but they're never going to be full strength. They're never going to be full strength this season. It's never going to happen. It's football. Well, that's not you. You don't know that. Yes, I do. If the Saints have everyone healthy, if they have all, how about this? I'll make you a bet. If they have all twenty-two starters on the depth chart healthy for a game this season, I'll buy you breakfast. I'll buy you breakfast. 
about that? I, well, I was talking about the star playmakers, the Kamara, who, who was out last weekend, Kamara, Michael Thomas, and our starting quarterback. That's what I'm talking about. When we have those guys, we're a different team. Um, you, you had mentioned, actually, I think it was early last week, you are talking about uh, uh, that you were saying the Saints are they're a bad team. And you look in then you're looking at other teams' records and you're saying, well, you can't just go by the record. It's You have to actually look, what's this team doing? If it Correct. was just the records, well, that's, that's a very quick conversation. Correct. Well, I feel like if you, you have to look deeper into the Saints. We have a record, but, you, but it's easy to understand why we've lost some of the games we have because of the injuries. and, and If and you're blaming it all back. on injuries, the, the mistakes they made against Carolina, Camara's fumbles, the false start calls... That's all. That's bad football. Last year, yeah, the team is. had a, a an insane amount of injuries, and at no point were they playing the kind of undisciplined football that they played this season. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? I think the Carolina game. I think the Carolina game was the only game that was really bad football. I don't. But when I look at all the games together, and for three quarters I, I, against I, I, Atlanta, I, I, they were atrocious. They were atrocious for three quarters. Awful. Uh, uh, but atrocious teams don't come back and win that game. Uh, I mean, you, you, you can I get caught up in semantics the against team. the Vikings in the first half. I mean, they were they were not good. They kept making mistakes against Tampa. Offensively, they didn't play great they for still three quarters. Beat a team that people are thinking is one of the better teams in the NFL. Uh, they're the not all that great. They, you know, the, the, I mean, you just said it yourself. <laughs> I mean, the record. I mean, come on. The Vikings are four and one. How? Yeah, yeah. they're a good team. Yeah. Yeah. Good teams find ways to win. The it, Saints, the Saints are better than they were. The Saints are better than they were today than they were a week ago today. But they still have a long, long way to go. Long way to go. Well, uh, uh, there's a long way to go. Uh, I'll let you go with that. But I, I'm going to stand believing that the Saints. They're a good team. I think they're a good team. There's a few things holding them back, but this is a good team. And I do believe they can make the playoffs. That's my my feeling. So I believe in Dennis Allen. I believe in this team. I hope you're right. I mean, I I I need to see more before I fully believe in them. But I like what I saw yesterday. Me too. All right, Scott. Have a great weekend. Thanks, well, brother. Weekend. <laughs> great week. I have a great week. You too, my friend. Have a good one. We're up against it. It was fun. Not trying to bother him. It was a fun. It was a fun game. It's a fun game. Let's not overreact. Go beat Cincinnati. You win on a short week. Get a winning record. Put together some wins. But eesh. I'm just glad they won yesterday. I'm just going to enjoy that. I worry about Cincinnati. Later. This is 103.3 The Goat. Simulcast on 1420. The Goat, greatest sports talk of all time. Visit Lowe's.com slash MVP's bonus points for details now through 1028. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The Needle in the Haystack. 
See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. Hi, this is Nikki Prather, Acadiana Market President for Capital One Bank. Speaking for the entire Capital One team, we're proud to support Town Square Media as the flagship home of the Raging Cajun Sports Network. We applaud the hard work and commitment of the players, coaches, faculty, staff, and of course the fans who contribute to the excitement and tradition of success that is Louisiana Athletics. We wish the teams good luck through the season. It is Capital One's great pleasure to say, Go Raging Cajuns! Capital One Bank NA member FDIC. 1033 The Goat. Yeah, that's the one. K277 DQ Lafayette, 1420 KPEL Lafayette. We don't talk trash. There is no team in the National Football League right now more balanced than the Dallas Cowboys. We chew it up and spit it back out. Uh... 103.3 The Goat. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. To the Great Scott Show. Coming at you on a Monday. I hope everyone had a great weekend. The weather was perfect. You know, we got a great show for you today. Most of it, we're going to have open phone lines, 337-269-1077. You can sound off on everything that unfolded over the weekend. Uh, we do talk to head coach Michael Desermo of UL every Monday. Cajuns didn't play this weekend. They will play this Wednesday. Chandler Fields will not play, so Ben Waldrich gets the nod, and there will be one single starting quarterback unless an injury or something you know bad happens Wednesday night. But we will talk to Coach about um, preps for Marshall and, and a little bit about the Thundering Herd game. It won't go as long as some of our Monday interviews typically do uh, as they're not coming off of a game. We'll get a little bit into Major League Baseball. Blah. We'll get into the college football week, and uh, LSU's a talented team that just plays bad football. But let's start with the NFL. Before I get into the Saints and Taysom Hill, the NFL, I, I don't know how many times I've said this on these airwaves over the years, but the NFL just is always there to remind you it is king. Is king in this country in the world of sports. They have, by so many measures, one of the worst games that was so horrendous in NFL history on Thursday night football. I mean, Colts Broncos was about as bad as it gets. And I said, you know what? If this happened on a Sunday at noon and was not the you know in a in in a slot a national slot. It would just kind of be whatever. It wouldn't be talked about that much. 
But it was on national TV, and everyone was talking about it, and it's just awful. And, man, it's just bad football in the NFL this year. There's a lot of bad games in the NFL this year, and yet we all continue to watch. And then yesterday, I mean, was anybody thinking about Colts Broncos? No, they kicked off in London with Giants Packers. First ever game in London that the NFL has had where both teams had a winning record going into it. Brian Dable is a, is a, he's a, he's a really good coach. I don't know that the Giants have the best talent in the world, and yeah, they just they find ways to win, throw out to them. They're four and one. The Packers defense might be a bigger problem than their offense right now. But the Giants haven't been four and one since two thousand and nine. They started five and zero that year, and then they went to the Superdome and got absolutely trounced by the Saints. Ended up finishing the year eight and eight. But the point is, they started off good. They hadn't started off good in thirteen years. I mean, they got nothing at receiver. My guy James Butler should go suit up at receiver for the Giants. Daniel Jones is not an elite. And then there they are. They're down by double digits in the second half to to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in London. Saquon Barkley has to leave for a stretch because he's hurt. He comes back in. They're running the Wildcat. And there they are. Oh, well, they've beaten the Panthers and the Bears and the Titans. Well, now they've beaten the Packers. My point is getting off track here the NFL kicks off Sunday morning and then it's just no one's thinking about that horrendous game Thursday no one's thinking about Brady's quote of you know there's just a lot of bad football out there everybody's into it it's not like the Saints and Seahawks game was just this pristine football from start to finish by both teams there were plenty of mistakes by both squads One team that offensively has had trouble finding an identity. Another team that defensively has been really bad on that side of the ball in Seattle. And yet it was a thrilling, entertaining game. Chargers-Browns, entertaining. Philadelphia-Arizona, entertaining. Baltimore-Cincinnati, entertaining. I don't know about Minnesota-Chicago. I didn't really see much of it. I'm sure it wasn't the most thrilling thing to watch. But, hey, Houston-Jacksonville, I mean, one-possession games. A lot of close games yesterday. A couple of blowouts. I, I the, the Lions, their potent offense, put up a goose egg against the Patriots. That was a surprise. Just reminding everybody they're not good. But how much were you thinking about that Thursday night horror show how much were you thinking about tom brady saying oh bad football that's all i heard friday all i heard late thursday night well he's right a lot of bad football and then you know football happens it kicks off early sunday morning in london it ends with a walk-off field goal by justin tucker last night and everybody's loving the nfl and oh how about your fantasy team and how about your parlays and the bad beats and the good beats and oh my god Taysom hill can do it all right The bad stuff in the NFL, just we'll complain about it. But we're always going to watch. And yeah, it's more fun when you win. Wasn't very fun. It hadn't been a fun nine days for me as far as the baseball diamond goes. But yes, the Saints, thank goodness, they won. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. You know... I, I do like to say I told you so and I told you so. 
Because this summer when Dennis Allen announced he was going to put him at tight end and everyone said, oh, thank God, don't want to see him a quarterback. I said, I hope you still see him in the packages he used to be before he was trying to be an actual starting quarterback. Oh, look at their record when he starts. Okay, I can look at it. It's good. I can also go back and look at those games and look at his play and look at the defense and all that stuff. The point is, when he was trying to be the legitimate quarterback of the team, they weren't using him in the run game. They weren't using him the way they use him as the Swiss Army knife. And I said, if they're trying to move him to tight end and get rid of that, that's bad news. No, Scott, you're wrong. It's so obvious when he goes in there. I'm like, obvious, yeah, and he's averaged over five yards of carry in his career. And then as we got into training camp, Dennis Allen cleared the area. He said, no, like he's he's spending some time in the tight end room as opposed to maybe the quarterback room, but he's still going to be utilized the way he was whenever we you know brought him in with different packages. The guy averages 5.6 yards per carry in his career. He's never averaged less than 5.3 in a season. That's why I said, why would you want to take that out of your offense, especially when you don't have Drew Brees anymore? I didn't mind it when they did with Drew Brees. Everyone said, why are you doing that? You're taking your Hall of Fame quarterback out. And so you can be anti-Taysom and, oh, it's predictable and, oh, we know he's going to run the ball. And you can look at the stats. And you can look at the tape. I mean, I... I'm not saying this is going to work every single week and he's going to rush for over 100 yards. No, I mean, you take a look at Seattle's defense and you say, all right, there's an opportunity there for Taysom to go off, and you do it. He was a big part of the game plan in practice all week. It wasn't just, hey, man, he's doing good. Let's keep rolling with it. And then they finally let him throw the ball at the perfect moment. Boom, touchdown. And it was a fun game, one that I told you the Saints would win, and maybe you wouldn't come out of it thinking that suddenly the whole season was going to turn around, but that they would, you know, they'd win. And that's kind of what it was. I'm not not looking at that game in a vacuum and saying, here it is, it's all all gravy from here. No, this team still has mistakes. Kamara's fumble was awful. They still shoot themselves in the foot, but they still got to win. See, I was wrong about LSU. I didn't think they'd win, but I thought they'd lose a close game. They didn't. And I, I'll take it. Look, I'm wrong about stuff. But as far as the Saints this week goes and as far as Taysom Hill goes, I was right. I was right. And the Saints were right for dialing up his number yesterday. No running backs. There's no wide receivers on the field right now. And that means they're going to run it with Hill. This is what he could go. Every time, and now he's gone. It's a foot race. But the speed of one of them, get there. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Taysom. Punt returner, kicker, quarterback, wide receiver, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, fullback, running back, linebacker, corner, free safety, strong safety, head coach, assistant coach. Thank you, Spice Adams. It's good to get a win. We'll talk more about the wild college football weekend. NFL Week 5, MLB Wild Cards, your phone calls, all of that and more all coming your way this morning. But up next, we'll have a combo with Louisiana head coach Michael Desermo. 
Chandler Fields injured, unable to play this Wednesday. Ben Waldrich will get the start. He will get the reps. He will get it. Will he get it done? We'll talk about it next with the head coach. Then open phone lines after that for you guys at 337-269-1077. It's 103.3 The Goat. Simulcast on 1420. 103.3 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. Mess with the goat. <laughs> You'll get the horns, then the butt. Because <laughs> that's what goats do. 103.3 The Goat. The GOAT, simulcast on 1420, the greatest sports talk of all time. Joining me now, the head coach of Louisiana Ragey Cajun football, Coach Michael Desermo. Good morning, Coach. How are you on this, uh, I guess for you, schedule-wise, unusual Monday morning? Yeah, no, it's it's Thursday in our world. So, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing all right. Good morning. I guess better than most. Yeah, man. Uh, what? Um, let's let's. I'm not going to talk to you, you know, uh, as long as maybe we typically do. But um, describe what the last week has been like for you guys. What you do with the the extra time, and you know, I guess the the positives and the negatives of a Wednesday night football game. Well, you, you know, in our in our conference, it's always a little bit. Um, it's always a little different. You know, a bye week is not a true bye week because. Like, this game's on a Wednesday night, right? So it's a 10-day turnaround um, instead of, you know, having a full week off where sometimes you can really go back to a lot of places. They go back to almost like a fall camp type of schedule. Um, you know, for us, you gotta you got to start getting ready for the next game, which is 10 days away. So, um, you know, certainly we've <clears throat> spent a lot of time. You get a little bit of extra time to spend on, on Marshall and your next opponent. But uh, to be honest with you, you know, a lot of it you have to prepare ahead as well because, you know, in a couple of weeks we play Southern Miss on a five-day turnaround. A couple of weeks after that you play Georgia Southern on a five-day turnaround. So you got to start preparing yourself for some of those things and working ahead on some other opponents uh, and just getting things organized. So that way when you when you get to those games as well, you know, you're not starting from zero on Sunday, which is really like a, you know, Tuesday for you almost. So it's – um you know, our conference kind of the way we play these games, I think there's a lot of value to getting to play these games um, on national television. And I think the midweek games are good because I think people are looking for they're looking for games on TV during the week. So I think it's great to be a part of those. But it does make some things a little bit a little bit difficult while you're trying to uh, prepare. But, you know, it's part of it. Everyone in our conference has to go through it. So you just got to got to handle it, got to manage it. How much football were you able to watch this weekend because you guys weren't playing, or, or did you not have time for that due to game prep? Um, well, the only thing, I, the only football that I got to watch was uh, Saturday afternoon. We'd moved practice up a little bit Saturday, and um, I had some of the leaders 
group come over to the house. Uh, Lindsay had cooked for them, so they came over to the house Saturday afternoon. So we watched uh, watched Texas State and App State, um, and a little bit of Southern Miss and Troy. And I think, and that was about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as the the, the Sun Belt goes, a coach. Time to watch. Sorry, we lost you for a second there. I know, um, you know, you, Georgia Southern, Georgia State. Uh, Coastal and ULM, some one-possession games. The other ones, double-digit games. But, uh, you know, all, all in, the, in the thick of conference now, you know, in week six, uh, I think the Sun Belt, you know, they've had some historic weeks and they've had some tough weeks. They've kind of been all over the place. I mean, what, what do you make of the overall uh, play of the Sun Belt so far this season? Well, I, I think it's a league where, you have a lot of teams that are in contention. Uh, and, you know, and it's kind of been that way for a while now. And people people might look at you and say, well, I mean, you know, it's been app and, and UL and the conference championship, the same teams, all that stuff. But the games have been close. I mean, you know, you and I have talked quite a bit about the one possession games we've played. But, you know, I remember Appalachian State. I remember watching them play Texas State in uh I want to say it was 2019 when App was really good, uh, ran through the West, through the, uh, through the conference and they go down to Texas State and the App had to score with, I mean, seconds left on the clock to beat them. Um, so it, it's, it's always been a lot closer than people think. Uh, and I think, you know, you watch it on TV right now or you see the scores after and, you know, I mean, there's just, there's not a whole lot of difference, I think between some of the top teams and some of the teams record-wise that are at the bottom, and, and that's what kind of shows up in these games, in my opinion. And now James Madison there, ranked number 25, new addition to the league. Uh, they're undefeated. Marshall, we'll talk about them here. Uh, you know, they're a new addition to the league as well. Your opponent coming up Wednesday. You guys announced on Saturday that uh, Chandler Fields is not going to be healthy enough to play in this when Ben Woldrich uh, gets the nod as the starter and, uh, you know, and the reps as well. I know you guys aren't planning on giving anyone else another series if, if everything kind of goes according to plan, so to speak. But um, what is the, the, the state of Chandler Fields right now? And, you know, how's he doing both physically and mentally? Because I'm, I'm sure it's tough for the kid. Chandler's doing well. You know, I mean, you know, he and I talked about it. And, I, and I, you know, I asked him again, you know, you know, how are you feeling? And... <laughs> You know, he kind of looked at me, and I was like, no, I'm I'm being, like, I really want to know how you feel. And, uh, you know, he's like, man, he's like, I just, he goes, I, pr- I shouldn't have played last week. And, you know, and it's one of those deals where it's, you know, as a competitor, you, you want to get out there, you want to play. Um, you feel like, you know, you've worked really hard for the opportunity and you want to play, but, you know, he probably wasn't wasn't 100% honest with us with how he felt. And, uh, and I told him, and I said, shoot, I said, I've been there before, you know I mean? I know how it is. I said, but, you know, we we can't take care of you if you don't tell us the truth. You know, we don't know where you're at. So he, uh, you know, he's just, he's, he's not, he's not walking around in pain. It's not one of those deals. It's just, I don't know that he could, I just don't feel like he could physically, he could get hit um, and make it through a game, you know, without having, having some pain um, associated with the contact. So uh, he'll, you know, we just, we're going to take our time with him. We're going to make sure, you know, certainly he's got to be able to uh, to throw it without pain, and then he's got to be able to. We got to feel like okay, he's ready to take a hit um, and be able to manage it. But you know, 
mentally, I think he's in a good spot. You know, he's uh, he's been really engaged. He's he's watching everything. He's communicating with the other quarterbacks. Uh, you know, and and so that which is a good thing. But uh, you know, it's always it, it's just an unfortunate part of the game. You know, injuries and it, it, it always it's the worst part of it. But you know, they happen every year. Well, you said early in the season when you were going to play Woldridge every third or fourth series, and you said, look, at some point, you know, if one of these guys gets hurt, the other one will will be you know, more ready as a result. And here you are um, heading into to, to week seven and uh, Chandler can't play. And so Woldridge has gotten plenty of reps. Um, what, what changes for him this week, coach, uh, from both a practice standpoint and a game prep standpoint, knowing that, okay, I'm not only starting, but I'm going to be in there, you know, all in all likelihood from start to finish. Well, you know, ho- hopefully nothing from a uh, from a mental preparation standpoint. You know, I mean, he's. I think if he tries to do any more, I think it'll be overkill. You know, I mean, the, the amount of time he spends up here getting ready to play, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that he needs to do any more as far as that goes. You know, rep count wise, um, really the only difference he gets, he'll get about the same amount of reps. It's just it'll all be the ones instead of the twos, um, and so you know for him. That'll be that'll be something that I don't think's a whole lot different either, you know, because we, you know, we we roll our skill guys in different groups with the ones and twos, so that's not really a a big deal, um, you know. And he gets about the same amount of reps that he would get in a normal week, so it's not like that's going to be an overload or anything either. So, hopefully for him, it's just preparing to go play the same way he he has, and you know, just. Don't make it bigger than what it is. You know, it's it's a football game that you get to go play. Uh, certainly, it's something that, you know, I know he's excited about. But, uh, you know, it's it's another game, and that's that's the way it's got to be. You got to just go out there and go, go play the game the way you play it, and go, go let it all go let it go lay it all on the line and go make it work. Some of our listeners have seen the depth chart. Some haven't. Tell us what the backup quarterback spots look like right now heading into this game. Yeah, you know, um, Zion, Chris, and uh, Zion McDonald are the two right now that that are that are really in position to go out there and go play. Um, you know, Lance, we made the move with Lance to receiver, and that's been a good thing. You know, you can really see that that's that's something that's that's going to be really good for us. And then Hunter Herring, uh, Hunter's finally healthy. You know, he uh, he had off season surgery. And for Hunter, it was just, you know, it just took a little while to come back. So he's finally getting healthy, but just mentally, I, I don't think that he's in the, st- he's in the, at the point where he could, with all the things that we've had, you know, installs, all the things that you've done, you know, with him having been out, not getting those reps, he's kind of, he's, you know, he's probably going to need another offseason a bit to get back in that mix. But, uh, you know, if you had something that happened and, uh, a significant amount of time had to be played, you know, we would play Zeon. Um, you know, but if, if it's a series or a play or two, you'd probably go with Zai just not to burn a game on Zion. Um, if he's only going to play a handful of small number of plays. Uh, so, you know, if we're, if, if Zion's going to get an opportunity to play a significant amount of snaps, we would play him in this game. Um, but if it's just a handful of plays, then we, we would go with Zai. And I think both those guys, they both got unique traits you know Zion I think uh athletically is I mean the guy's just got unbelievable athleticism and he does things that most you know most people just can't do and uh, 
Zai is the older, the veteran, really, really intelligent. He knows it inside and out. He's the type of guy that probably won't make mistakes. He can go manage it. Um, so they both have value in both different areas. Uh, but, you know, we're going we're, we're, we're splitting up some reps with those guys, uh, with the twos, and we're going to keep repping them. And, um, you know, hopefully they, they don't have to play. Hopefully they get to play for a good reason at some point. But uh, that's how we'll go into the game with those two. Coach Michael Desimo, our guest, Louisiana taking on Marshall this Wednesday night uh, over in West Virginia. Uh, kickoff is set for 6.30 on ESPN2. As always, we invite you guys to sync up the radio broadcast with the TV broadcast. You get Jay Walker and Gerald Broussard on the call. Coach, a few more for you, then we're going to let you run, my friend. Chris Smith, how's he feeling right now? And, um, you know, what What do you just anticipate his status being in, in – you know, I, I I could go on and on about what he brings to the team. I think anybody that's watched the team knows how good of a player he is. But how is he? How's he feeling right now? He's feeling good. You know, I mean, um, it's just one of those deals. You know, when you have, you know, I think it's pretty pretty well documented. You know what happened. You know, whenever he kind of pulled up on his hamstring, it's just one of those deals that you're trying to manage. Um, testing them to see how far you can, how how ready they are. And certainly not wanting to overdo it. So, uh, you know, Chris is good. He, he's always in good spirits, man. I mean, he is one of the one of the happiest, best kids, you know, that you'll ever be around. Just, I mean, always got a smile on his face. And, you know, I mean, he's working hard to be able to get back and try to play. So, you know, uh, we're, we're hopeful that he'll be ready to go. That'll probably be a game-time decision for us uh, leading right up into it. And today, of course, is another important day to see if he can go. Um but, you know, we just every day, every 24, every new 24 hours is something that, you know, it, it matters in the healing process. So we're, we're hopeful. We feel like he's closer than probably we thought he would be um, on Sunday of last week after the game. So we feel like, you know, we got we still got a shot with them. Marshall, they are your opponent. They've uh, they haven't you know, they've won their home games. They also won a road game at Notre Dame and. You saw them in the bowl game. I know obviously a lot has happened but since now and in, in last December, but um, can you draw anything at all from that game or is it a complete reset with the film study here over the last week? Uh, no, yeah, you definitely can still draw some things from last year. Uh, you know, you go back and watch the game. I mean, defensively, uh, you know, Lance Gidry is, is a hell of a football coach and yeah. he's done a – he's coached – really good defensive football for a long time so that hadn't changed he's got an identity of what he wants to do um you know you watch them on defense and they're 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 really good on defense again this year you know they've got some really good players up front they've got everybody back in the secondary linebackers are back um you know they, they haven't lost a whole lot so <clears throat> i felt like that defense last year was pretty salty when we played them um so they got a good group um you know offensively they're they're a little like us. They've kind of they've lost a lot on their offensive side of the ball from last year. So they're uh, you know they're trying to trying to kind of figure it out a little bit too. You know, and you can see there's some games they're they're a little hot and cold to be honest with you offensively a lot like we've been. You know, uh, the games they put it together, they they look pretty good. And the games that they haven't, you know, they 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 struggle to kind of produce some points. So um, they're they're it's kind of funny. You know, it's it's kind of feels like almost like you're looking at a little bit of a kind of a mirror image of yourself a little bit when you watch all their games, you know, throughout the year. There's some games where you're like, all right, that's it. And then there's some games where, you know, it's just I know those guys that coach there. It's not exactly the way they want it sometimes, which, you know, I, I understand that. So, um, 
you know, you're kind of living in a world, to be honest with you, Scott, where, you know, the roster can turn over pretty fast in a year, um, you know, in ways that it didn't happen in the past. And so the teams that can kind of keep it together, um, I think certainly have the advantage. And, you know, it's kind of, like I said, you look at both sides of it. Defensively, they were able to keep them together. Offensively, they lost quite a few. So, you know, it's kind of a, a pretty similar situation. We'll see it play out this Wednesday night, 6.30 kickoff, Louisiana against Marshall. Coach, I'm going to let you get back to work, man, but I uh, appreciate you joining us this Monday on a week where I know the schedule is not normal, so I know it's not exactly penciled in, but we always appreciate you taking the time. Safe travels over there to uh, to West Virginia, and uh, we'll talk to you again next Monday. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. That is Louisiana Rage Occasion Ed football coach Michael Desermo. As far as Chris Smith's hamstring goes, he says, you know, we'll see how he is. Essentially, he said, we'll see how he is, you know, come game time. He's working on it. He's trying to play through it. We'll see. Hamstring injuries are it's tough, man. It's tough. There's certain football injuries. Hamstrings, groins where it's, you know, it's a little bit of a pulled muscle, a sore, mu- sore muscle. You, you know, rest is going to make it better. It can start feeling better. Is it healed on? Is it? It can linger. It's 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 tough. You wanna you wanna be judicious. You wanna be careful. You also want to play if you're healthy enough to go. You also want one of your best players on the field if he can go. Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. Louisiana against Marshall this Wednesday night. Pre-game begins at 4.30 right here on 103.3 The Goat this Wednesday. The rest of the network at 5.30 and kick off just after 6.30. We'll take a timeout. Open up phone lines for you guys, 337-269-1077. Uh, a tight end rushed for over 100 yards yesterday and also threw a touchdown, rushed for three. Is he really a tight end? Yeah, kind of. But just call him athlete. You'll hear Taysom Hill, his post-game comments. He says, look, I just work here. After the Saints win against the Seahawks, a wild weekend in college football. We'll get into that, talk to LSU, Tennessee, among other things. It's all coming your way. Right here on The Great Scott Show on 103.3 The Goat, simulcast on 1420 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. Don't let them pull the wool over your eyes. And they bring in this rookie, Chris Olave. Ah! Get your sports news straight from the go. To the end zone, caught for the touchdown. Chris Olave. Ah! 103.3 The Go. That's right. Simulcast on 1420. It's the great Scott show. Chris Olave scored another touchdown yesterday and then came out of the game right after because clearly he had a concussion. What is Matt Millen and whoever the play-by-play jabroni was? What are they even watching? And he kind of lost the ball going down. His head slammed onto the turf and he went cold. Just knocked out. It's a concussion. Say what it is. It was nasty. And he woke up and immediately he was like, I scored, I scored. Through the challenge. Saints fans, you can say whatever you want. Oh, I think it was a touchdown. I think I, I looked like it too, caught it. 
came through with a catch, got both feet down, you know, but I still did not expect them. I mean, come on. There were some holds by the Saints yesterday they weren't called. The fumble by DK Metcalf was awfully close. In the past, feels like, yeah, they probably would have gone against the Saints. They were on the right side of some officiating yesterday. Now, you had a neutral zone infraction, which Fox was saying wasn't a neutral zone infraction, which extended a Seattle drive where they scored a touchdown. Okay. I get it. But overall, it wasn't one of those ones where you're coming out of it saying, this call, that call, I got all against the Saints. No, there was something that went for them. But who would have thought that yesterday in the NFL, Taysom Hill and, and Bailey Zappi and Cooper Rush we're going to get a whole bunch of, bunch of play, a whole bunch of talk at quarterback. It was a interesting week, to say the least. The Patriots, maybe they'll get in the playoffs after all. You can look at New England's upcoming schedule and say, ah, they're about to go on a run. They got Cleveland, they got the Bears, the Jets, the Colts, Jets again. Hey, the Jets actually, I don't know, and they're playing pretty good. Put 40 on the Dolphins yesterday, who are now the Dolphins. Unfortunately for them, now in their third quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater left the game right out the gate, suffered a concussion early in the game. Look, New England, I don't know. Week to week, who knows? I just was surprised that they held the Lions, who were averaging the most points in the NFL, to zero. Carson Wentz needs to be benched. He was good for one season in his career, the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. He got hurt that season. He hasn't been good since. He keeps getting opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Come on. There is a player in three different spots in three seasons who does not look good. What else do you need to see? Take him out of there. The Cowboys, I'll admit it, guys. I can admit it. I was wrong about Dallas. I looked at their injuries on the offensive line. I looked at their offseason, and I looked at Dallas and said, they're not going to be good. They're not. Then Dak Prescott gets hurt, breaks his thumb. The defense is so good. And their schedule sets up nicely for them. You could say, oh, the NFC East is better than they expected. It is, but they also get to play the AFC South. Ugh. Worst division in football by a mile. The Cowboys have held all of their opponents to under 20 points. They're, they're, they're allowing 14 points a game. And they run the ball. They're not making mistakes. Who knows when Dak will return, but the Cowboys are managing the game offensively and overrunning teams defensively. Now, they play the Eagles next week. The Eagles who they beat down pretty bad last year, but the Eagles who are the only undefeated team in the National Football League. Is Dallas a threat to repeat in the NFC East? Or is this Philly's division and Philly's conference? We'll know soon enough. We'll know soon enough. I mean, the Eagle, Arizona had a chance to send that thing into overtime yesterday, and they couldn't make a an easy field goal. But offensively, when you watch Philly and everything kind of just falls apart, Jalen Hurts 
says, I got it. Put the game in, put the game, put it on my back. I can carry the load. Rush for a pair of touchdown. He's got 25. Um, check that. He's got 19 touchdowns in his first 25 starts. Huge quarterback sneaks on a pivotal drive. This is big. Cardinals lose the game. Saints have the Cardinals on a short week, not this week, but next. Saints got the Bengals Sunday. The Bengals who scored too early, got too cute in the red zone a couple times, and when Justin Tucker has a chance to make a walk-off field goal, he's going to make it. I mean, he's made a 67-yard walk-off before. You don't think he can make one from 43? That thing was right down the middle. On a night where... You know, before the winning drive, Lamar Jackson wasn't having a great... Before the winning drive, he was 17-30 for 159 yards and a pick. If you're Cincinnati, that's a game you have to take advantage of. But they blew it. Hopefully they'll blow it again Sunday when they play the Saints, who still made their mistakes, still shot themselves in the foot with some turnovers. The Andy Dalton pick was bad. The Alvin Kamara fumble was worse. They are losing wide receivers in DBs at a rapid pace two positions where they went into the season with a ton of depth now suddenly you had Keith Kirkwood catching a pass from Andy Dalton on a crucial drive Keith Kirkwood who hasn't been on the team in three years who has been weighed by other teams who was signed off the street a week ago because of all the injuries and then during the game, Deontay Hardy, who I don't know if he's going to be getting the payday he's looking for with his play this year. Hardy was out. Michael Thomas was already out when Alave got that concussion. Suddenly, it's Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, and Keith Kirkwood. So, yeah, feed Taysom the rock. Taysom Hill was doing it all. You can email me. Scott at 1033thegoat.com. Scott at ESPNLafayette.com still works as well. You can hit me up that way. Like Brian did. Brian says, Scott, were you surprised that the Atlanta Falcons traded former LSU linebacker Deion Jones for a conditional late-round draft pick? I think I read somewhere that he was still owed a lot of money, but that the Falcons are going to have to pay it. Please explain to me what happened. Um, Deion Jones, he's not owed a ton of money. It's the dead cap hit from his, you know, signing bonuses and things like that and roster bonuses. I think he's got a $23 million dead cap hit next season. That'll be on the books for the Falcons. Uh, the Browns are saying we'll take anything. I think it was a six round draft pick. And Deion Jones is, look, he's, he's been a good player, but since he signed his four-year, $57 million contract three years ago, he hasn't been as good. I mean, look, the dude still had 137 tackles last season. But I guess Atlanta's thinking long-term. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. I, I was a little surprised as well. And it's not often you hear about an NFL trade in you know the second week of October that involves a Pro Bowl linebacker, and it's a sixth-round pick. I was a little surprised by that. Um, and Atlanta down 21 nothing made a game of it yesterday. Made a game of it. A horrendous roughing the passer call. I guess the refs are just feeling bad for Brady. 
I don't know. Appreciate it, Brian. Appreciate you checking in on the show. Uh, Frankie emails. Scott, I haven't heard you get into LSU yet. Can you please tell me your thoughts? Sure. We're going to do it next hour. We can start now. I, I, I think my summary of LSU is that they're a talented, a, a team with a lot of talent that plays bad football. When you begin the game with a muffed kick that immediately leads to a touchdown for Tennessee. The Volunteers went in there and just, they, they, they smacked LSU. And while I thought Tennessee was going to win, I, 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 I thought it was going to be a close game. I thought LSU had a really good chance. And if you look at the overall stats in the first half and take the turnovers away, it made a lot of sense. LSU was right there, stats-wise. They were moving the ball. They were productive, but because they kept going for it on fourth down when they shouldn't have, they were leaving points on the field. They gave Tennessee a field goal at the end of the first half. They were a team playing. And, and Coach Kelly has said repeatedly, people keep asking him questions after games about, well, who are you going to put here? Who are you going to put there? What are you going to do? What? And and the 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 summary of what he always says in so many words is, we're playing the best players we have at positions. We just have to coach better. We're not coaching well right now. And that's on him. He's putting it on him. He's also putting it on the rest of his staff. But this is an undisciplined football team. 23-7. All right, let's see how they come out in the second half. The second half, it was it was just bad. It was just bad. First half, LSU shot themselves in the foot. They had, you know, very close in terms of yards and time of possession. All that stuff was close, but turnovers, failed fourth downs was bad. Tennessee doesn't turn the ball over. They haven't turned the ball over this season. I mean, they 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 protect the football. They don't beat themselves. And now they have the biggest game at Neyland, at Neyland Stadium in like what, 20 years? Honestly, when they host Alabama this week, Alabama, who without Bryce Young, I thought it was going to be a stinker on Saturday night against Texas A&M, turned out to be an entertaining game. And the Aggies, they're 500, they're bad, but like last year, they were able to beat Alabama and it was able to put some makeup over the, the scars and the issues with that team. And had they been able to do that again, it would have been able to put some makeup over some of the scars on the football team. I didn't watch the whole game. I was watching the Mets and the Padres and whatever. That's at least one Saturday. But I, I, I wasn't. That's what. That's what I was watching until the last five minutes. I watched the last five minutes of of, of tied Aggies. I didn't watch the whole thing, and I watched A and M get a stop. Go down the field, have a shot from the one-yard line in a game where they're plus three in turnover ratio. Pama calls a timeout, so they've got time to set up a play, and Jimbo Fisher decides to run, you know, just short side of the field. it, it It was a bad, just guy wasn't open, just a bad play call. It didn't work. He got a chance to beat what was the number one team. They fell, I think, the number three. He had a chance to beat the number one team at their house, cover up 
some of the skid marks that are this season for the Aggies. And you blew it. And remains undefeated. And you know how it is. I mean, yes, if they don't have Bryce Young, it's going to be difficult. But now Tennessee ranks sixth, all the hype. It's on CBS, biggest game there forever. This feels like a game Bama doesn't lose. We'll see what happens Saturday. 337-269-1077. Let's head to the phone lines. Those are open as well. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hey, Scott. Hey, what's up? Hey, uh, I'm just uh, I'm just tuning in, so I don't know if you talked about this, but uh, <clears throat> man, I would come needs to stop fumbling, dude. He fumbled more <laughs> this season than he did all of last year. I just I don't I don't understand. Since that game. Yeah. It was a nine point swing. Because at the very least you 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 know, you could get you could get a field goal. And then, exactly. you know, and then Seattle got a touchdown out of it um, and, you know, missed the PAT. That's why I said 9 and 10. Like, but. It's not like that first fumble we had in Carolina where they, like, stripped the ball. He just got hit and fumbled, dude. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it was bad. I, Look, that the the, the Saints are starting to form some kind of offensive identity. I think we can say that. Um, you know, I don't run, even know if you can say that, really. Uh, like, yeah, they're, they're, they're running the football. They've run the yeah, football the yeah. last two weeks. So that was something that, you know, the first three weeks of the season, they had no identity on offense outside of let's get some cosmetic yards late. And they could oh, someone was like, oh, Scott, you know what you're talking about. Going into yesterday's game, they were like ranked top 10. I, I don't, I, I, spare me the cosmetic stats. You watch them, Dave. I watch them. I, I, <laughs> I could say that the Saints offense through the first few weeks of the season was awful. It was better in London, it still had issues. Uh, it was better yesterday, and the reason was they were running the football. And you could say gimmick, whatever. I, I they ran the. You had Alvin ran for over a hundred, Taysom ran for over a hundred, but the penalties and the fumbles and the stalled drives and all these things are preventing this team from, you know, playing even close to their potential too- right now. You know. Yeah. Uh, Thankfully, the the refs kind of made it, you know, fair. There was a, a call against Seattle late in the game that was kind of iffy. Oh yeah, but, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I touched that, just, the hold on the touchdown. He did have a little piece of the jersey, but you know, if the roles were reversed, Saints fans would have been right, going exactly. nuts. So let's just be honest. Yeah, oh, yeah. Let's just be yeah. honest. But I don't and expect like, any Saints fans to ever apologize for that, given the hell they've been through from officiating. So, and like, uh, I didn't know this going into the game, but like. Seattle and New Orleans were the top two most penalized teams in the NFL. Yeah. And I want to say so you, had, a, like, you, you know, had an officiating crew that had thrown the most flags this season, too. So it was a, it was a recipe for lots of like penalties. the perfect storm of, uh, you know, penalty. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, but at least we got the win. So I, I thought it was going to be like the Alvin Kamara show, but it turned out to be a taste of no show, and I'm, you know. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is like Kamara played a really, really, really good game, but because of oh, yeah. the, because of Taysom and because of the fumble, because the fumble outside of the fu- outside of the fumble, he played a really good game, but because of the fumble, it's like and because of Taysom, yeah, but like go, I mean, Alvin Kamara's stats yesterday, and you know the screen, they finally had a screenplay work great. He rushed for a hundred and three yards. He re- he had ninety one yards receiving. I mean, he was he had um, you know twenty nine touches. He was he was terrific. I mean, he was great. But yeah. when Taysom has that kind of game, I understand why you kind of get 
you're, you're kind of the afterthought, if you will, because Taysom just he was that was that was the best game of his career. It was it was so much fun to watch. Oh, it, was, it was great. I, I didn't expect him on the, in the fourth quarter uh, touchdown run to like bust it wide open, but like no one was back there. They all committed, you know. Third and one, the they, they have two O linemen in as tight end eligible. I mean, they didn't have, they had a fullback right. in there. They didn't have any, the, the closest thing to a Even receiver on the field, the closest thing to a receiver on the field was Taysom Hill. I mean, that was about as close <laughs> as it got. Closest thing to a running back as well. But technically, if you want to label them as a tight end, they didn't have a running back, quarterback, or wide receiver on the field on that play. And it was the biggest play of the game. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, and one last thing that what happened against Atlanta, bro? That should be like against the law. <laughs> like they they literally stole that game from them. That rough in the passer call, oh, which dude, by the way, the NFL is doubling down on the officials. Like, no, that was the right call. Like, stop it. Just that that was it. that was pitiful, dude. That that that's uh, something that, so that if, that's something that if if it happened to the Saints, that's all. This this show would just be a week of calls about how it's all fixed, and the league hates the Saints. <laughs> that's what it would be. That's what it'd be. Yeah, for real. But yeah. Anyways, you have a good one, Scott. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Great talking. We'll hear from Taysom Hill next hour. His thoughts on the performance yesterday. Geno Smith. I mean, I've been a little hesitant to give Geno his due saying, you know, I, I didn't have a problem writing him off. But the guy... I mean, he's he's looking like West Virginia Geno Smith right now. He was slinging it. I mean, how many of those throws? There was one play by Adebo he should have had the pick. But it's not like Geno's out. I mean, his throws are just like on a laser, man. He was throwing some amazing balls yesterday. And statistically, it was his most inefficient game of the season, and he looked good. Good to see the Saints get somewhat of a pass rush as well. Three sacks. That should be noted as well. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott show, the 8 o'clock hour on a Monday. We'll get into the NFL. We'll get into college football. If you want to be one of the 100 people that sent me a text or tweet or DM about the Mets being... Being the Mets, feel free. Go ahead and pile on. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott Show continues right after the short timeout on 103.3 The Goat. Simulcast on 1420. It's The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time.